Glory to God. Thank God for the word. Thank God for faith in Christ Jesus. Thank God for the word. Hallelujah. God's word. God's word. God's word is alive. God's word will never fail. God's word is alive forevermore. Hallelujah. Romans 1.16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I've quoted that a lot of times on this broadcast. I've lost count. You, you're still going to hear it for many years. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. First to the Jews and then to the Greeks. For therein the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. For as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. The gospel is the answer. The gospel is God's power to save. The gospel is uh, God's power to mature the saints also and to make us effective and equipped for the work of ministry. I welcome you to another episode of Every Day with Jesus podcast where our lives have been transformed and enriched by the preaching of the word of God. This is episode 125 and then we've been studying biblical discernment. Been looking through scriptures to find out God's mind on this idea of discernment. How should we discern? Why should we discern? How often should we be discerning as Christians? And then we've said a, a, a lot of things in this teaching so far. Then we're going to continue from there. Heavenly Father, we receive clarity, we receive understanding and light and direction, even as we look into your word today. In the name of Jesus, every confusion is dispelled as the light of your word gains entrance into our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We are better. We live edified, stronger, better, wiser, even in our dealings with men. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so let's continue our study. Um, that was a, a bit strange, right? I don't usually just pray at the beginning of the podcast, but then that could just be a new pattern now um, from from today. Praise God. It just came to my heart to say a word of prayer at the beginning of every podcast. So let's just flow with that. Glory to God. So biblical discernment. Biblical discernment. How important is it? We've, we've looked through scriptures. We see that the Bible really emphasizes the place of discernment. As a matter of fact, the believer that is not discerning according to First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21 is a believer that is not holding fast to that which is good. The Bible says to prove all things and to hold fast to that which is good. So the man that will hold fast to that which is good is the man that is proving all things. If you are not proving all things, you can't be sure you are holding fast to that which is good. Hallelujah. You have to test, you have to discern and judge and examine the words of men. You must judge the things you receive. Glory to God. And this is important because we have a devil that is in opposition to the gospel, in opposition to the truth of the word of God. Let me um, start today with a thought. Imagine if Adam and Eve were discerning. Hmm. Imagine if they just walked in discernment. The stress and the problem and the, I mean, look at the problem they plunged the whole race into. That the old stress we've gone through, you know, transitioning from darkness into light, transitioning from unbelief to faith would have been avoided just by walking in discernment. That is how important discernment is. Glory to God. Let's see Genesis. Imagine if Adam and Eve had responded scripturally. They had responded according to God's will, according to um, God's wisdom. Genesis in chapter 3. Glory to God. Genesis chapter 3. Hallelujah. Let's see how much you will have been helped and saved and delivered from the error that we were plunged into if Adam and Eve had walked in the sermon. Chapter 3, Bible says from verse 1, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. I hope, this, I hope you know that this serpent here is figurative, speaks of the devil himself. Paul, at 2 Corinthians 11, we're still going to see that today, refers to um, Satan as, serpent, as, as, as the serpent. 
Glory to God. In the book of Revelation, the Bible refers to him as that old, that, old, that serpent of old. So it's still the devil. And he's still at this business of, this, uh, of, of distorting the truth of the word. He's still at the business of corrupting the minds of men from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. So Genesis chapter 3 verse 1, the Bible says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, As God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God has said, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. Imagine if the woman had said, No, God said we are going to die, and that's it. That's final. That's it. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Imagine if that, was his, if that was her response to the devil's deception. But she decided to pay attention to it. She decided to pay attention. She decided to consider what she what he was saying, and that's how many Christians fall into deception. Says, you know, he could. It's possible he also has his own angle and perspective. There's a way he sees things. Praise God. You see a man who you know disregards the scriptures. You see a preacher who is disregarding the scriptures, disregards the wisdom of God, talks down on exegesis, talks down on rightly dividing the word of truth. You say, well, let's listen to him. He may have his own angle. Hallelujah. You know that in many places where people were instructed to avoid, to turn away, to, um, to withdraw from unsound preachers, to withdraw from false teachers, there's no place in all those admonitions that says there's, there's something you can glean from them. And we're going to come to that, to that in these teachings also. You know, the idea of there's something I can glean from him. Though he's not a sound preacher of the gospel, but there's so much to learn. Hallelujah. That's how people get into problem. So imagine he in this place. Oh, um, okay. Ah. Bible says, so the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes. She began to meditate on it. Though God has said the day we eat it, we are going to die, it is not, maybe that's not how God meant it. Maybe it's not um, literal. Maybe it's a metaphor. Maybe God was just trying to test us. She began to meditate. Hallelujah. Bible says, she saw the food and she said, it's pleasant to the eyes. And then she partook of it. That would have been you know, good enough if she didn't take it to Adam. She now went to Adam with the same teaching, the same doctrine. Praise God. You see, whatever you receive, you are going to pass on to others. That's the truth. So, after she had received the deception, she took it to Adam and Adam also received it hook, line and sinker. My darling wife. Thank you, Jerry. This is the wisdom of the ages. Ah, In fact, you are deeper than the ancient of days. Where was God when you began? When, when, when was God when you were made? Hallelujah. <laughs> she took the wisdom of the woman which she got from the, from the serpent as, you know, a superior wisdom. Imagine their conclusion. Look at this. Imagine their conclusion. That it's, a, it's, a, it's pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of the truth and ate. She also gave to her husband and ate. So she sold her husband the same deception. This, this is able to make us wise. Hallelujah. We know from scriptures that it is the word of God that is the ultimate source of wisdom. It is the word of God that is able to make us wise. At the very best, what you can get from Satan is deception. His wisdom is craftiness. But they bought the deception and said, see, this is able to make us wise. They concluded the wisdom that came from a different source from God as a higher wisdom, a superior wisdom. Glory to God. 
That's what happens to us when we begin to consider the words of men, the words of human traditions and commandments as something that is applicable, something that is practical, something that is relevant to us in the 21st century. Say, well, I know that this is how the Bible teaches it, but you see, you see, in this 21st century, this woman has, the, this, this man, this particular man or, or woman, this minister of the gospel has the depth for walking and navigating life in this century. That's how we get ourselves into trouble. Praise God. And it's a very serious concern. The Christian must learn to be discerning. He must learn to say no. Turn away and never look back. Like Lot's wife. Hallelujah. I mean, don't look back. God, just keep walking. Okay, okay, just, just move and keep, keep walking. Don't look back. That is the instruction we are giving concerning, you know, false teachers. We are to turn away. Don't consider it. Don't examine it. Don't meditate on it. Do you know why this is very risky? When you meditate on it and you think about it and you pay attention to it, it's a deception. So it will find its way into your heart. It's so, it's so serious. Bible even likens it to seduction. Hallelujah. Seduction. So your mind is seduced. Glory to God. And the human mind is so fickle. The human mind is so fickle that you can believe, you can change your belief from a particular thing to another thing in a moment of time. I mean, it may, not, it may not cost more than two minutes or one minute. Sometimes under split seconds, your mind has been changed. Your mind has been persuaded and corrupted from the simplicity that is in the gospel. Hallelujah. How long did it take? Look at how Paul put it for the Galatians. He says, I marvel that you are so soon removed. You are so, I marvel that you are so soon removed and you are turning away from the grace of Christ, from him who has called you in the gospel. You are so soon. Just when did we reach you with the word? Just when did we tell you about the truth? Just when did we tell you about the gospel of Christ? Just when did we tell you about the marvelous grace of God? Just when did we teach you concerning faith in Christ as the only way to be saved? Just when? And you are now, you are now far removed from it. You are, you are already singing a different tune. It won't take too long. Hallelujah. It won't take too long before your mind begins to entertain those thoughts as the truth. So the human mind is so fickle. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23, it says to guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. Have you seen the instruction? To guard it with all diligence. Hallelujah. Don't try to understand false teachers. That's a major problem today. See, I know the man is not sound, but there's such a, there's so much to learn from him. Like I told you, we're going to come to that. And you're going to see that that thing actually makes no sense. There is absolutely nothing to learn from a false teacher. Praise God. There is absolutely nothing to learn from those who do not preach the word. There is nothing to learn from them. It is the wisdom of the serpent. It's a corruption. It's a perversion of the wisdom of God. Because the wisdom of God is to turn away and don't listen. Avoid them. Withdraw from them. It is the wisdom of men that says, well, though they are not sound, there is something to learn from them. There will be one or two things we can glean from them. That's the wisdom of men. Hallelujah. So, we have to be careful the kind of wisdom we are running our lives by or with. Glory to God. So, discernment is so important. Listen, now today, I want to show you how that discernment is so important that even the ministry gifts are saddled with the responsibility of building men up to a point where they are discerning. That is, the ministry gift is meant to um, instill discernment in the followers. Hallelujah. It is so important. One of 
the core responsibility or task of a preacher of the gospel is to instill and to birth discernment in the minds of those who listen to him. Praise God. So look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Glory to God. I mean, if you are listening to a man, and this is one of the reasons why I have an issue with some of the preachers who claim to stand for the truth, but they do not actively instruct men to beware of this and beware of that. To beware of this, to beware of that, to beware of this, beware of that. They are just sitting on the fence. They don't want to come across as being offensive. Hallelujah. They don't want to come across as being um, troublemakers. So they just sit on the fence. They just say their own. And I say this to you. That kind of approach doesn't really work. At the end of the day, your followers are going to just feel that you are saying your own doctrine and others also have their own doctrines. So we can listen to you and we can listen to just anybody also. That is very, very unsafe. Hallelujah. And I, I know of a man, a man who came, and this is not just one person, several people over the years, who, when they began to listen to me, they found it difficult to listen to certain people, even without me mentioning names. Why? Because I wasn't passive. I wasn't sitting on the fence. I corrected errors. I pointed out things that are misleading. I pointed out things that are damnable and destructive. I pointed out things that we, you know, we should not be exposed to as believers. For instance, legalism, materialism, um, all manner of falsehood in the body of Christ, gimmicks. I pointed out those things and it became difficult for them to receive the ministry of certain men because it was clear to them that those men were ministering those things to them. Now, this goes without saying that up until that time, they were not even growing. They didn't know the reason why they were not growing, but that was the reason. The things they were receiving and yielding themselves to. So they were struggling with bad habits. They were struggling with, you know, sinful thoughts. They were struggling with addictions. They were struggling with temptations and all that. And they were ineffective in ministry. They didn't even understand scriptures. They could not preach and teach and disciple anybody. But they didn't know that it was their diet that was faulty. Up until that time. Praise God. But then, listen. Listen carefully. This is the point. Before they met me, they had been listening to some people who were also preaching grace. And, you know, talking gospel. And talking about righteousness by faith. But they never at any point in their lives felt they need to turn away from others who were, who were preaching against what they were preaching. Because those preachers were sitting on the fence. Hallelujah. Those preachers, I wish I could mention names, but I won't. Those preachers were sitting on the fence. So they were just receiving from them and they were adding it to their archives. They were adding it to um, you know, the plethora of knowledge and, and, and instructions they were receiving from just anybody. Until they met a ministry that told them, see, this is the truth. This is error. This is black. This is white. This is light. This is darkness. This is how we ought to bet discernment and instill it in those who follow us. And you look, when you look through scriptures, you find out that this is the approach. Praise God. This is the approach many people do not encourage, many people do not like, many people do not receive because they, you know, that approach makes you, um, that, that approach would make people, would empower people to discern and judge you. Praise God. So, if you don't want to be discerned, you don't want to be examined, you will discourage it. But this is the approach that is taught in the Bible. So, look at this now. Ephesians chapter 4. Glory to God. Ephesians in chapter 4. I'll read from verse 11. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4. From verse 11, the Bible says, And he, he himself gave some to the apostles, some prophets, some, prophets um, some evangelists and pastors and teachers, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure, listen, to, the, to a perfect man, to 
the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, verse verse 14, that we should no longer be tossed to and fro and carried about, okay, it says that we should no longer be children. The word children there is, is the same word translated babes. That we should no longer be babes, spiritually immature, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the define of itself in love. Hallelujah. Look at verse 14. That's my point of emphasis. It says, Ministry gifts are given to equip us for the work of ministry that we may come to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Have you seen that? Tossed to and fro. It means to fluctuate. It means to be unstable. You are just tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. So babes are undiscerning. Children are undiscerning. They don't know what is true what is false, what is the light, what is darkness. They don't know. So it is the ministry gift that would bet in them that discernment to a point where from being a babe, from being undiscerning, from fluctuating between two opinions, they now become stable. They know what is right, what is true, what is acceptable as the will of God. They are able to judge and discern for themselves what is true. Hallelujah. He says, toast to and fro, Carried about. Look at the word carried about, or the phrase carried about. It means to be driven in doubt and hesitation. To be driven about in doubt and hesitation. It means to be driven and to be led to, you know, away to one opinion and then again to another opinion. You are led to this opinion now and then in the next minute you are led to another opinion. There are believers who are very, who are very, very unstable. The problem is that they are not well taught. Hallelujah. They are undiscerning. They are unstable. They are carried away by every wind of doctrine. Colossians 1.13, we are delivered from the power of darkness. Glory! I'm delivered! I'm delivered! Glory! I'm delivered! It goes to another meeting. You need deliverance. Hey, I need deliverance. Oh, God help me. I need deliverance. Father, deliver me. I mean, you just, you just, you just said you are delivered from the power of darkness. Someone says, eh, well, that deliverance is positional. This particular deliverance we are talking about is experiential deliverance. We want to deliver you from witchcraft. We want to deliver you from See, there's a sense in the which the word deliverance or deliver is used in scriptures. Bible says to be delivered from unreasonable men. We can be delivered from accidents. We can be delivered from, um, you know, evil plottings of men. But we are not to be delivered from the power of darkness. Praise God. Listen, we are not to be delivered from um, evil foundations, family um, ancestral causes and all those things. The believer is not meant to be found attending very funny conferences. Power must change hands. Power must change. from where to where. The moment we met Jesus, power already changed hands. Hallelujah! Power has changed hands in Christ Jesus. We have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of His Son. Power has changed hands. Hallelujah! Someone says, "My foundation must change. My foundation must change from what to what. No other foundation can any man lay than that which is laid, Christ Jesus. You already have a new foundation now in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah! You have a new foundation, a new ancestry. You've lost your identity in Christ's divinity. Hallelujah! There's a new life. 
If any man is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. All that we have now are things that are of God. Hallelujah. You've cut link. You've broken ties with every evil foundation in your earthly ancestry the day you met Jesus. Hallelujah. There's a new life. There's a new identity. There's a new relationship, a new family, a new order. Your life is not under the prince of the power of the air anymore. Your life is not under the control and the influence of the power of darkness anymore. You are now in Christ and your life is being controlled by divine prerogative. Hallelujah. Your life is being controlled by the determinate counsel of God, by God's purpose and plan and will. Hallelujah. So there are believers who are undiscerning to a point where they cannot be stable in their opinions. Hallelujah. You believe one thing today, tomorrow you believe contrary to it. You come back to something else. You come back to what you previously believed. And before we know it, you've gone back again. I mean, you're not stable because you're undiscerning. But ministry gifts have been sent to birth in us discernment towards the ministry, towards receiving of men. Ephesians 4, 11 again. Sorry, 14 again. You see, Bible says... Um, Bible says, um, tossed to and fro means to fluctuate, carried about. I said it means to be led to one opinion and another at different times. It shows lack of discernment, vacillating between two opinions. The effects and the consequences can be very grave. You won't grow as a Christian. Hallelujah. Number two, it can even affect your prayer life. It can make you very ineffective in your prayer life. There are believers who cannot pray effectively today because of the kinds of teachings they are exposed to. Glory to God. Look at James chapter 1, verse 5 to 8. When you become double-minded, it's a product of teaching on sound presentation of the word. Look at James now. James chapter 1, glory to God. James chapter 1, are you learning something? Are you being blessed? Hallelujah. James chapter 1, from verse 5 to 8. Bible says, um, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he would doubt is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Have you seen? He would doubt. And then we saw that what it means to be carried about means to, it means to be led and to be driven in doubt and hesitation. To be led away, you know, to diverse opinions at different times. So, he says, he would doubt is like a wave of the sea. Driven and tossed by the wind. So the problem here is that the man is unstable. Hence, verse 7 says, For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Praise God. There are believers who believe that God is the one afflicting them with sickness. So while they are praying and trusting God for healing, they are also feeling, ah, maybe it is God testing you. That's what it means to be double-minded. You are not sure about the nature of God. You are not sure about God's disposition towards you based on the fact that you are untaught. Or you have been misled. Hallelujah. You are not rightly taught. You lack discernment. So your perspective and perception about God is faulty and unhealthy. It, it, it has even affected your prayer life. It has affected how you get results in the place of prayer. You are ineffective. Glory to God. So it can be very, 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 very damnable. It, the consequences can be very serious and grave. Glory to God. That means it, it can even cost you your life untimely. Praise God. You know, there are times when the kind of sickness people are trusting God for is terminal. And then they cannot even be stable in the way they receive. They can't be stable enough to, to trust God for their healing. It can cost you your life. Praise God. On sound presentation of the word. Back to Ephesians chapter 4, chapter 14 again. There are key things to, 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 to note in that particular portion. Tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. And I said... 
It can even affect effectiveness in prayer. Ephesians 4.14. Let's see something else. At Ephesians 4.14, you know, it says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro by, um, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Wind of doctrine. So, false doctrine, deception, falsehood is like wind. It has the same effect. Tossing people to and fro, driving them, you know, here and there. Hallelujah. Then it says, um, by the trickery of men, to not be tossed to and fro by the trickery of men, Trickery, that's the word the KJV translates as slight, slight, the slight of men. Praise God, the slight of men. So it is a word used in gambling. It speaks of how people deliberately cheat their opponents in, in the game, in, in a gambling game. Hallelujah, while playing dice. It's, it's fraud, it's deliberate. That's the word that means fraud. Hallelujah. Look at this other phrase. It says the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. See, see those words. This doesn't look like some accidental, unplanned deception. This looks, looks like something that is properly masterminded. Hallelujah. A deliberate approach to deception, a scheming, a plan. It says the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, to, to plot out something, to plan and arrange it. Deception is masterminded. Hallelujah. Of course, by Satan, and then he has men that he uses. So listen, deception is strategic. Deception is largely deliberate, mostly deliberate. Hallelujah. It is not a passive work. Oh God, I feel so sorry for believers who feel that deception is such a passive work, something that is just happening accidentally because somebody did not study his Bible well. You see, even that idea of he's preaching it because he's not, he has not studied well is the work of Satan. It is Satan that will discourage a man to not feed on the Bible before he puts him on the pulpit. Do you understand? It is Satan that will prevent men and discourage them from studying their Bibles and then, you know, urge them on in ministry because God will never urge men on in ministry without having them focus on the word. No, 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 you won't find that. That's why Jesus poured out his life into his apostles, into his disciples, till they caught it, till they, learned, till they understood the word of God, they were not ready for ministry. Glory to God. Jesus will first train men. He will first train men and teach them. Bible says he called 12 to himself that they should be with him and go out to preach. So they were first to be with him to learn. Same thing he said to Mary and Martha. Mary has chosen that which is needful. That which is needful, which no man will be able to take away from her. So God will never appoint a novice to oversee others. God will never appoint a novice to teach others. The approach of God is to first train men, equip them, to teach them the word, to make them knowledgeable enough to be able to teach others. So only the devil will prevent men from understanding the word of God and at the same time, you know, urge them on in ministry. Only the devil will do that. Praise God. So deception is not a passive work. It's a deliberate approach. In fact, the KJV says, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Imagine, to lie in wait, that's the word that, that means to lay in ambush. Praise God. That is, you are lying in wait, you are waiting for somebody to pass by and then you pounce on the person. Maybe for robbery or anything. So it speaks of it as lying in wait to deceive. It's a deliberate, active work. Hallelujah. That's why discernment must also be a deliberate attitude, a deliberate disposition. It must be an intentional disposition towards, you know, receiving the ministries of men. Hallelujah. So clearly, according to scriptures, ministry gifts are meant to encourage discernment. That is, you shouldn't find a preacher or a pastor who has a problem with the idea of men judging and testing and scrutinizing what they receive. There should be no preacher like that. Every preacher of the gospel, every minister of the gospel sent by God must promote and encourage and instill in men a desire to discern the things 
they receive. Hallelujah. At First Peter chapter 2, verse 2, it says, As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. It specifies the kind of content, the sincere milk of the word. So it is the work of ministry gives to actually instill in men a desire to discern. The opposite is what we find today, unfortunately. It is leaders and preachers and pastors, preachers, generally ministers of the gospel, that discourage discernment. Praise God. Do you know who I am? Do you know who is speaking? Do you know? And then with all sorts of threats and curses and, you know, clap back and you're just amazed. Praise God. You're just amazed. What is going on here? What is going on here? We can't question your words. We can't, you know, question the things you say. We can't, you know, disagree with you to get to, uh, do you know who I am? Do you know my calling? Do you, do, you know, do you know where I met Jesus? Do you know how many visions and encounters I've had? Do you know how many times Jesus appeared to me in my dreams? Do you know? Where, where, where? We don't know. We don't, we, we're not interested. We're only interested in what you are saying. Praise God. Hallelujah. We really don't have to know. Praise God. When Paul judged and discerned the actions of Peter, it didn't matter whether Peter had been with Jesus for three and a half years. All that did not matter. What mattered at that point in time was his action that was misleading. Praise God. And he need to put that in check. Hallelujah. So don't let anybody deceive you by, you know, supernatural experiences they've had, how many, you know, years they've spent in the ministry, the wealth of experience. All that does not amount to anything. If what you are preaching is not sound, if what you are preaching is contrary to the mind of God, if what you are preaching is misleading, if, if what you are preaching is destructive, all your years of experience in ministry are years of experience in error. Hallelujah. Didn't Paul spend years in Judaism? Then Paul spent many years in Judaism. He was in error. Praise God. In fact, Paul says, and I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. All that amounted to nothing. Praise God. You know what Paul said about all those years? Philippians chapter 3. Do you know what he said about all those years, all those experiences? Philippians 3, 7. He said, but, but what things were gained to me? These I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things, verse 8, for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish. Hallelujah. I count them as what? Rubbish. That I may be found in him, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is true faith, in Christ the righteousness of God, which is from God by faith. So Paul says, all those years of experience in Judaism, as a leader, persecuting the church, fighting the truth, opposing the gospel, were all to be seen as rubbish. Hallelujah. So it's not about experience in ministry, it's not about years, it's not, you know, it's not about many of those things. It's about the truth of the word of God. What are you saying? Hallelujah. Glory to God. What are you saying? So, Bible, leaders in Bible days, according to the Bible, encourage men to be discerning. Today, men discourage discernment. Hallelujah. And you see, in those days, they were not warning people against them. Spirit, spirit, spirit. They were warning people against men. Hallelujah. And it was deliberate. Because the devil uses men. The devil uses men. Men are his tools. Hallelujah. It is men that will minister deception. It is men that will minister falsehood. Just like it is men, just as it is men that will minister the truth of the gospel to you. Praise God. That's why you, you, must be, you must be alert. You must never be caught off guard. You must always guard your heart, you know, as you receive. Glory to God. You must guard your heart. You must be careful what you receive and what you feed from. Glory to God. Look at Acts 15. As I close, Acts 15 and then we'll continue in the next episode. Acts of Apostles chapter 15. Glory to God. Acts of Apostles chapter 15. Glory be to God. Look at this now. I'll read from verse 24. 
This was after the disputes that happened between Paul, uh, Barnabas and some guys that came from Judea to teach the brethren that they must be circumcised and keep the law of Moses. So the conclusion of the elders at verse 24, listen carefully, Acts 15, 24. It says, since we have heard that some who went out from us have troubled you with words, unsettling your souls. Notice where they came from. They went out from us. They, they actually came from the apostles in Jerusalem, from Judea. Hallelujah. That was where they came from. And they went to the church at Antioch to, to unsettle their souls. Known men in the midst. Men of reputation in the midst. They came from us. What did they do? It says, unsettling your souls. Hallelujah. It says, they have troubled you with words. Glory to God. The word troubled there is the word that means to render anxious and distressed. They put them in distress. They caused them to become anxious. They became confused all of a sudden. They didn't know what to believe anymore. Hallelujah. And then he says, unsettling your souls. The KJV says, subverting your souls. It means to turn away violently from a right state. To overthrow you, to ravage your mind. Praise God. Listen carefully. That's exactly the effect that unsound doctrine, that falsehood, false teachings, deception has on its hearers. There are many believers today who are confused. They are in a state of perpetual confusion. Hallelujah. In a state of perpetual confusion, they are in distress, anxious, confused. They don't know what to believe because of what they are receiving, because of the, the, the presence of false teachers in their lives. Hallelujah. So, discernment is such a big deal. Guys, discernment is a big deal. Praise God. If you are listening to this broadcast, wherever you are, you are, you are tuning in from, mommy, daddy, brother, sister, auntie, uncle, wherever you are, I beseech you by the mercies of God. You know, you need to up your game in discernment. You need to become conscious and aware of the fact that there's a raging battle between light and darkness, between truth and falsehood, between Christ and Satan, a raging battle for the lives of men, for the hearts of men. Hallelujah. And then the devil will do everything to make sure he sneaks his deception and falsehood into your space. You must be alert. You must be aware. You must be vigilant. You must resist and oppose the words of Satan via the words of men. Remember that it was Peter that was discouraging Jesus from going to the cross. But Jesus looked at him and says, Get thee behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the words of God, but of the, of the things of God, but of the things of men. So while Jesus knew that it was Peter that was speaking, he knew also that the inspiration behind the words of Peter at that point in time was Satan. Praise God. So he, he, he uses men, he uses human vessels. They could be your friends, your family members. They could be your pastors, your leaders. Your, they could be anything to you, folks that are close to you. Imagine Peter was like the associate of, of Jesus. Hallelujah. Like the assistant pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then he was echoing the words of Satan. Jesus knew that everything that was contrary to the word of God is not of God. It's from the evil one. And then he rebuked Peter sternly. Depart from me or get thee behind me. Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. So discernment is so key. We must not allow sentiment. We must not allow sentiments or emotions, our bias, be cloud our sense of judgment or reasoning. We must be alert. We must guard our hearts with all diligence as we receive of the ministries of men. Quickly, before we close this broadcast, I have a leading to pray for the sick this morning. You are sick in your body, wherever you are. The power of the Lord is available. The healing power of God is available to make you whole, to make you whole, to restore you completely, wherever you are whatever ailment whatever sickness is is plaguing your body in the name of jesus i command in the name of jesus christ be healed be healed be delivered completely from this affliction in the name of jesus 
Christ the Lord. Whatever condition it is, whether with your blood, your bones, your muscles, your nerves, whatever it is, your brain, your, your bone marrows, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come against it by the power of the Spirit of God. You are here today. You are set free from this affliction and illness in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe God. I believe God. Looking forward to your testimony. And don't forget to tune in tomorrow. Um, invite your friends, your relatives, your colleagues, classmates. Put on your social media handles and let's come together to have a great time in the word of God. And don't forget to have a great day of being full of the word, full of the spirit, full of faith, full of power, spiritual songs, and be a blessing to somebody. See you in the next episode.